well then. I, I knew the economy's in the shitter, but look at that, an abandoned car. <laughs> it's like the biggest piece of shit car ever. Okay, let's, let's, let's save all this. If we're going to ever do a movie where we did a running commentary on it, Anyway, welcome back to Action Action. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. Uh, with me, as always, is James and Dustin. How are you guys doing? Pretty ho, good. Ho, ho, ho. It's Christmas. It's still Christmas. We're wrapping up oh, Christmas it's, today. It's Christmas Day, It's isn't Christmas it? Day. Holy shit. We are live from somewhere in the <laughs> Pacific Northwest. We're so, yeah, if you open your presents, and then as soon as that's done, you, you listen to Action Action. Right? Yeah. That'd be my priority. So... This is the last, uh, our last Christmas movie, mm-hmm. our last winter season movie. Yeah. Next year we go full. I think next year we go either Jewish or Wiccan. Oh yeah, pagan. We go pagan. Some sol- winter solstice. Some winter movies? solstice movies. I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of those. Probably not. Well, we're we're wrapping up Christmas or well, the Christmas season, the holiday season with Trapped in Paradise. One of James and I's favorite growing up movies love this movie this is the first movie i ever felt comfortable watch not having to watch and still doing the podcast about oh yeah yeah you've seen it enough times yeah before we get into that do you guys uh anything interesting happen anything you guys want to talk about or share that you saw before we uh get into the movie um for me i've i've watched nothing since last episode how many days has it been since last episode uh like three a few when we record on saturday yeah I don't know, so few. <laughs> yeah, Not and I've just been so busy, and yeah. Yeah, looking for Turbo Man dolls. Yeah, well, just all I can find is Booster. <laughs> oh, Nobody shit. likes you, Booster. Hey, is Booster, is Booster and Jingle all the way, what's his name from the New York Dolls? No, it's Booger from... Uh, Oh, it's Booger. I was getting him confused with... Revenge of the Nerds. I was getting him confused with uh, actor in uh, Scrooged. Oh, yeah. Wait, sorry. What What was the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dexter, Poindexter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I knew I, knew I recognized him from somewhere. I just couldn't put Boss, my... Buster Poindexter? What the fuck? Buster, point, Buster, Buster Poindexter. Poindexter. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, I watched a couple of documentaries. I watched Three Identical Strangers. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. I really want to see it. No. What, what is that about? Three Identical Strangers? Well, I don't want to say too much because you should just watch it. But, yeah, it's about two, three, or sorry, two. It's about three uh, identical guys It's about two guys, guys who, who look similar and one adults. guy who looks kind of like them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two identical strangers and a sort of. Sort of. No. They kind of shoehorn uh, that third guy in. Yeah. It's really interesting. It starts out and it's just like you just think it's about these three guys who happen to find each other who... Are they looking like each other? But then uh, a lot more, a lot more going on after that that gets revealed. Hmm. Uh, and then I also watched. It was pretty good. It wasn't. But the other documentary I watched, I think, is even better. Called Minding the Gap. This has been on my list. It's fantastic. Uh, it's probably one of the best things I've watched all year. And it's just about a guy and his buddies. And he started shooting them. They're just like skateboard kids. Mm-hmm. And he started filming them like when they were younger and he just kept filming all of them for like years. And, uh, so it's not, it's like, it's not really about anything specific kind of, um, but it's just super fascinating. It's like glorified home videos. Yeah. But it's like, you know, this is now we're living in a time where kids younger than us 
they're going to be able to document like their whole lives like that. And then like this guy, this kid ended up putting it together in this really fucking compelling documentary. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about the fact that there's, there's pictures of me as a kid. I mean, I was born in 1982, so there's lots of photos of me, but of my kids, there are multiple photos of each of my kids for every single day that they've been alive. Well, well, I was just thinking the other day, like, the amount of photos and movies like that we've recorded of our yeah. two kids, I I can't imagine how long that would take yeah. we to have, go through all of yeah, that. Yeah, you have to go through and like find the, the actual interest. Like this guy, you know, obviously he filmed a shitload of his friends and then he had to like go through and painstakingly put it together yeah. in a way that made it interesting. Um, but he did <laughs> and it's yeah. really good. Well, it's, it's crazy though. Like Diana's got tens of like, literally tens of thousands of photos of our kids. Yeah. Like saved. We have like, we pay. How much, how much you paying for that cloud? <laughs> I forget. We pay for, I think two terabytes. Oh yeah. It got upgraded. It was like, we were paying for something and then it just, things like one day we're like, oh, you get this for the same amount of money. Regardless. Yeah. We pay a shitload. I pay, I oh, mean, I pay for so much stuff. I have so many, I have streaming services that I pay for. I don't even use. <laughs> no joke. I pay for podcast streaming services. And you don't use them. Barely. I pay, I pay for Stitcher premium. Oh yeah. Well, that one's, that one's probably worth it. If you actually like listen to some shit off it. It is because Hollywood handbook is on there and it's my favorite podcast of all time. <laughs> and they have a premium podcast that they do. And it's amazing. And everyone should listen to it. And I just started paying for like another Patreon. I started paying for Action Boys, which is an action movie podcast. What? You're yeah. paying for our competition? Yeah. Well, you it's fucking traitor. We have no competition <laughs> because it's John Gabrus and he's one of the funniest fucking people alive. So. So we're better than him is what you're saying. <laughs> we are nothing. Yeah. But they do a lot of the same movies that we do. Like they just did awkward. Just, why, are you, why are you advertising for another fucking podcast on our podcast? Because they're better than us. And Shut I just listened to Octa- I was just listening to Octagon, and mm. it's great. Hmm. Ninja, ninja, ninja. They did an Octagon episode, eh? And oh, the the second last episode I haven't listened to it yet is uh, the ended uh, November. I think it was Ninjvember or something like that. It was all ninja movies. Yeah, with. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Gold. Dude, we're just going to delete all this part, right? So no one goes and listens to that podcast. Absolutely not. <laughs> tell us, tell them that we listen to them and that they're our heroes. Oh, they're John's hero. What did you watch? Nothing? What have podcast? I watched? Uh, listen to a lot of podcasts. Been busy with work. Mm-mm-mm. I started listening to this one podcast. Um, it's actually another John Gabers podcast called High and Mighty. Uh, and I forget who he's interviewing. It's the comedy writer for, um, not Paste, Vulture. And I, they talk, he talks about a different concept every uh, episode. So the one I just listened to was um, on SNL. And it was just like, it's all about SNL. The new one I'm listening to is about rom-coms. But the SNL one was kind of interesting because it, it talked about this idea that I've heard about before where you watch SNL not as a show, but more as a sporting event where like there's different seasons and like every epic, every you watch the sketches more like plays in a game and some of them are good and some of them are bad. Right. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. And like you have your favorites that you root for 
Yeah. And like, and it was kind of uh, interesting and kind of eye opening in the sense that like, um, they discussed the fact that like every sketch on SNL is not made for you. Mm-hmm. Like they make a sketch for everybody and you're not going to like some. Um, and how like the earlier sketches are more for like your mom kind of thing. Before or, she like, goes to bed. Yeah, exactly. Don't you, don't you usually feel like the show is more front loaded? No. I, I always thought so. Because it gets weirder as it goes on. Kyle Mooney shows up at the end. Yeah, that's true. Kyle Mooney is not at the beginning. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, they don't talk about him specifically, but like, yeah. the weird sketches happen near the end where they take more risks, right? So, did you ever watch that Bigsby Bear with him? Yeah, great. I love that. Great movie. <laughs> anyway. uh, so yeah, like it was kind of, it's pretty interesting. Hmm. Podcasts, podcasts, yo, podcasts, they're, they're, they're out there. there. <laughs> Everybody's got one, and so do we. And on our podcast, we talk about action movies, but we don't talk about an action movie this week. This week, we talk about 1994's Trapped in Paradise. 20th Century Fox would like you to meet the Furbo family. Dave. Once released from this prison, I, much like my reptilian brother, the pterodactyl, shall fly high above my problems. Alvin. Excuse me. The sign says take a pen, not take all the pens. <laughs> Bill. Look at that abandoned car. <laughs> it's my car. Oh. Their ma. Beautiful dreamer. Hey, Edna. I always like to ride your truck in a car. Edna. Edna. Are we sleeping together? I think not. One big temptation. Forget it. Forget what? There's no money in the vault. Then what have we here? $275,000. <laughs> One brilliant plan. Ah! This is a robbery! Who's got the key? Raise your hand! Do you boys really want to do this? Absolutely! But on Christmas Eve, it doesn't seem right. One huge mistake. I just did what the map said. I made four lefts. Four lefts? As a circle, you idiot! Robbing the bank was easy. Well, we're not dead, if that's what you mean. Why don't you come join my family and me for a wonderful Christmas dinner by the fire? But surviving the nicest little town in the world... Here we are. That's the hard part. Come on in. I just want these people. I don't want to get to know them, all right? If you don't give me that money, I'm going to throw your mother out the window. All right, all right, love you too. Do you need any money? No, we, we've taken more than I share already. <laughs> 20th Century Fox presents the story of three brothers looking to get out of paradise. Is there a bus or a train? Any way they can. Ah! Ah! Nicholas Cage. I'm getting this feeling that you're not telling me something. John Lovitz. Yeah, this feeling you're getting is paranoia. Dana Carvey. Come on, let's just go. Trapped in paradise. Don't aggravate the old witch. I wish I was a witch. Shove my broomstick right up your ah! <laughs> Yeah, so it's Trapped in Paradise. James, you picked this movie. Obviously, it's definitely not an action movie. It's got that sleigh chase. It does have that sleigh <laughs> chase. It does have um I would I would I put on our our, our uh what's the fucking American thing where they have all those goddamn presidents? Mount Rushmore? Yeah, that's the ticket. Nicolas Cage is definitely on the Rushmore, I'd say. Of action heroes for us on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, he's, he's an action hero. I mean, he's so not just an action hero. That's the tie-in right there. Yeah. Right, yeah. He's on our Rushmore, which we 
let's we should discuss that in our year in review, which will be next week. But um, yeah, so why'd you pick this? Why are we watching it? And what does it mean to you? Because this is probably the most heartfelt film that you've picked. Yeah, I would say I picked this because, well, for me and for you, this would be considered a Christmas classic in our family. And uh, I don't know, it just cracks me up. Just even thinking about the different scenes in this movie cracks me up. It's just comedy gold. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was looking into like the film yesterday after I watched it. And I realized that uh, George Gallo, who wrote and directed this film, he also directed another movie that it's probably going to pop up on, on my picks sometime in the new year, which is Midnight Run. Oh, he directed Midnight Run? He wrote Midnight Run. Oh, he wrote it. Okay. Yeah. Um, huh. So, like, we we do have, like, another connection there to, like, more of the action-y... I mean, Midnight Run's not really an action movie, but... There's, act. There's gets, definitely more action in it than this. Yeah. No. But, uh, like, I love this movie. Just, like, like James said, just thinking about this movie... Like makes me. Well, I mean, over the years, you guys have expressed your love of this movie to me. I always thought that was funny, just because it's not a movie that I think very many people remember. Like, I remember my dad renting this when it came out on video when it was new, and I and I saw it then, and I've seen it a few times over the years, and I always liked it. But uh, I don't think I've ever met anyone else who's ever brought this movie up at all. It is. It's just. I don't even know how to describe. How amazing this movie I is! Well, I don't know what it is about this. Like, so like I growing up, I mean, we are my dad showed us like you know my mom, my dad more so than anybody showed us like you know all the classics like you know like the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Like he loved that movie, and I was never like that into it. I was yeah. that was fucking boring. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever appreciated. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. I don't think I ever appreciated it, like, for how amazing a film it is as yeah. a kid. Um, well, and then we also watched, um, like, Christmas Vacation. Yeah, Christmas Vacation. And I think that was the movie that every like our age group, our generation, was supposed to, like, yeah. love. And I did like it, but for some reason... Some reason Trapped in Paradise. Trapped in Paradise just completely, like... I mean, for me and James and I, like completely got us and I think our sisters too like yeah I think eventually like our love of this movie kind of like bled in and everybody got like and I think sucked in I think we we say things throughout the year quotes from this movie like it it is entered our regular vocabulary oh yeah like quotes yeah keys keys yeah when I'm looking for my keys I say that all the time (laughs) like like things I've entered like my like my wife and I like say things from this movie and she doesn't even she doesn't even see it. Well, she knows. <laughs> no, she knows now. But like, right? There's like certain phrases that we say. Like, I mean, another Dana Carvey movie would be like uh, Wayne's World. We have a lot of things that we say from Wayne's World still. Right. Um, it's funny. I was reading some of the like. There's not very many, but I was reading some of the Rotten Tomatoes reviews, and they they pretty much shit on the movie and like. I think it has like 20% or something on there. Yeah, it's pretty and, and like a 40% audience score. Um, but I was reading some of the reviews and the guy was like, oh, there's not a laugh to be found in this. And I was like, no, you're fucking crazy. There, there's a lot of, I've always thought it was a funny movie. And there's the the work between the three brothers, Nicolas Cage and John Lovitz and Dana Carvey, is really good. Like they're, 
they crack me up all the time. John Lovitz, he's just he doesn't even have to say anything. He does that like innocent that, that smile expression that, that, on his face. Yeah, he just does <laughs> that smile when someone look, he just does this stupid grin. Like he's such a sleazy fucking I don't know. Yeah, yeah. and I think everybody can take this for like what it's worth. But for for me, this is actually a really underscored like like Nicolas Cage role. Like yeah. he's actually good in this role. Oh yeah, and he's not too over the top. No, but like he's the, like the cage. The cageisms are there, but they're not like they're, running rampant. Some, some of the acting is over the top. Like this, I would say it's a broad comedy. Yeah. So like, oh, definitely. Yeah. But it's like but, it's a reined in cage that like uses what he does really well. Yeah, I and mean, like he kind of he kind of bursts out here and there, but like I think one of the the only, one of the only parts in the movie where I feel it's a little cringe worthy the acting is like the cemetery scene where he's talking to Sarah. Oh yeah, they they fall in love a little fast, and, <laughs> and it's just like like oh you know can I what if I go down one road can I you know back up and go down a different road and like yeah. it's just there's it's a, just there's ugh. like some schmaltz in this for, I mean it's a Christmas movie so there's a lot of schmaltzy stuff and sentimentality but like we were talking about last uh, episode or, or maybe it was Jingle All the Way we were talking about how Christmas movies can sort of get away with things that regular movies can't because they all have like a special everyone has these Christmas movies that are their special thing yeah. and like I I usually hate sentimentality in movies uh-huh. but for some reason Christmas movies it's completely yeah it's all I, I'm totally fine with it well, like, I, they can fact, do whatever they in want in fact the cheesier it is like the more it sometimes like gets me like I, yeah I, but I think that that's what's kind of kind of nice about Christmas in general is that like it allows us to have these like unvulnerable sentimental moments where we're just like no it's fine we're it's okay to be like moved by walking in the um in the grocery store and hearing a christmas song that just hits you at the right time and just makes you feel good like every once once a year we all get to just kind of feel good Whenever yeah, we put want, a, put aside like our critic hats and like like yeah. That's why it's hard to even rate Christmas movies because it's next to impossible. Really. And that's why I have to go back and like talk about Jingle All the Way. Now, since we recorded that episode, I have watched that movie six times. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're because your children. Are. My kids love that movie, right? So it's like, it's gonna be there. It's gonna be there, trapped in paradise. Yeah, perfect. And the thing is, but like, even though it wasn't particularly my thing. Who am I to deny that of them? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, right, yeah. everybody gets to have that thing at Christmas where they're like unabashedly love something that maybe isn't that great. Now, I do believe that Trapped in Paradise is criminally underrated. <laughs> but I, I can't, I, I like, it's one of those things where I can't sit here and be like, this is a great movie. I don't know. I don't know if it's a great movie, but I think it's a funny movie and I think it has a nice little message and. You know, maybe it wraps up a little too neatly and everything, oh, yeah. but but it's it's forgivable in the in the case of these kind of movies. Yeah, actually. I think it's a bit too long. Like they could have tightened it up by twenty minutes. But well, and you're made to believe this all happens Christmas Eve. Yeah, one night kind of thing. Yeah, or it starts during the day and then it goes into the and night. then it goes into the night. Yeah, but like, fuck, who cares? Like, oh, I know. Like, and, and that's the thing is, like, once a year we get to watch these movies that were like, cool. But it has it has great comedic performances across yeah. the board, not just 
the Furpo brothers, but their mother, Edna Florence Stanley, she's fantastic in this. Yeah, well, let's let's back up for a second there. So anybody who hasn't seen this and is listening to it, pretty much what's what's the plot of the movie? Oh, yeah, James. You gotta James, know. you want to give this? Nicholas Cage's character, which what's his name? Bill. Bill. So, so Bill's just, he's struggling. Well, at the beginning, it kind of shows what kind of person he is, right? Like he finds the wallet of money and he's struggling to keep it or not. To, to kind of show that he's different than his two brothers who are out for parole, who get out early because of overcrowding. Um, but basically, they get out of jail. He knows they're up to something. He doesn't want anything to do with it. But somehow he gets caught up in everything and ends up going down to paradise to do this favor for somebody in jail and ends up going into this bank that is like too good to be true to steal an amazing amount of money. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> 200 plus. Yeah. Yeah, it's, when they say how much money has come in, Nicholas Cage starts choking on his cigarette smoke, which apparently in 1994 you could smoke inside the bank. And oh, he uh, 1994 must have been such a, a good time. year. And he acts as if it's like they just said like it was two million dollars or something like. So you know what that is like today's? No, what is it? It's like four hundred something. <laughs> like, I'm like getting out of bed for five hundred thousand. It's not that it's not a good chunk of change, especially when like I guess the idea is that it's this going to be incredibly easy to rob this bank because the security guard is this old man who's asleep and the cameras aren't plugged in and blah. Yeah, blah, blah. but what before James finishes, I'm pretty. They rob the bank. They end up not being able to escape this town. Yeah, because there's up, no storm. Storm. Yeah. They yeah. end up dealing with incredibly kind people who like change their perception of what they did and why they. Did did it and they are redeemed or at least bill and alvin <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah dave dave <laughs> dave furpo is pulled, kicking and streaming but like this is the movie starts off with a bang i think in like the sense that like you kind of get a sense of what's the comedic sensibilities of the film where um uh bill finds this wallet and he like oh like he, he you know he hesitates about taking it and he goes to like mass or whatever the fuck Catholics do confession confession he goes to confession yeah, yeah. and the priest couldn't give less of a fuck <laughs> about what's going on and he's like did you return the wallet yeah. he's like yeah he's like what are you what are you doing here oh later when you're gonna go to church and Dana Carvey's like I'm going to confession and he's like they're, they're Protestants. They don't have confession. You shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and then uh, the introduction of Bill is is pretty good to get like the sense of like where he's at. And then the introduction, uh, sorry, introduction of Dave and Alvin is at their parole hearing. Fucking amazing. Pterodactyl. It was a lizard back in prehistoric times who developed an outside digit of the forelimb, which became greatly elongated in order to support a winged membrane. Now, he used this membrane to fly high above his predators, which you gotta remember was way back in the Cretaceous period. And as far as periods go, it was a mother. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Furpo. Uh, yes. Where's all this going? Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, skipping, skipping, skipping. Uh, uh, what I uh, what I believe 
is that once released from this prison, I, much like my reptilian brother, shall take wing and fly high above my problems. Ah! Ah! Never to return? That's it. That was very moving, Mr. Furbo. But the prison psychiatry board says you're incapable of telling the truth. Well, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, John Lovitz, you know, he's a guy that never really busted out in a big way, but there, he has a few roles where I that I always really thought he was fucking hilarious. Like, A League of Their Own, actually, he's really funny in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he just has, he's able to play this kind of like... Shitty ding grin. He he fucking. plays yeah this part so well. Uh, he had this character that he would do on Saturday Night Live where he was, I, hi, I'm a member of Pathological Liars Anonymous, and he'd like kind of look around shifting to actually I'm the president of that organization. <laughs> <laughs> he just has this like this guy's a dirt ball kind of thing to him. But. He definitely uses that to his fullest in this movie. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Dana Carvey. It's funny. I was talking to a friend of ours. And I was saying, oh, yeah, like we're doing Trapped in Paradise today. And I was like, he's like, oh, I've never seen it. And I'm like, oh, who's in it? And I was like, oh, Nicolas Cage, Dana Carvey. And when he said Dana Carvey, he's like, eh. And I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about? Dana Carvey is amazing. He's one of the all-time greatest it, SNL it, cast members, I think. Is it because he only knows him from Master of Disguise or something? Funny enough, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny enough, that's what he's like, well, what, he hasn't done anything good lately. And I'm like, motherfucker, well, like, okay, lately maybe. since when? Like, Master of Disguise? He's like, that's the last thing I remember. I'm like, that was like 2001. Um, you know, he he was never, he also wasn't, didn't become a huge deal in movies. No. But he had he did have some. I, I remember I used to rent like Clean Slate. And do you remember? Have yeah, you seen oh, Clean Slate. Yeah, Clean Slate. And, Amazing. Uh, Opportunity Knox. I saw Clean Slate in the theater. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did too. I think. Yeah, in yeah. Uh, the, in the old theater, like the Scotch Town, Down Town Cinema. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Oh, that's funny. Uh, that was a really funny idea. Like it was like a. Oh, it was uh, hilarious. Yeah, sort of a detective he, he, noir. He, he's thing. a noir detective. Kind of like who, Memento, like, where he would forget yeah, things he, before Memento. Yeah. Uh, Dana Carvey is just one of my all-time favorite people to ever pop up ever like you know whenever he's in something i'm always happy to see him um i remember being a kid and i was lucky enough to actually like watch the dana carvey show yeah i watched that when it was on yeah i thought it was great (laughs) i was like oh this is amazing and then you're a kid and you don't really know what happens but like all of a sudden it was just there and it was gone yeah and then you like you look back and you're like wait who worked on that show oh and them and them and it was like Oh, writers you, and yeah, other performers, and, and you were yeah, like you were kind of like seeing something pretty magical at the time. So like I don't know, I wouldn't scoff at Dana Carvey. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he does mostly voice stuff now. Oh yeah, cartoons. that's not surprising. Yeah, um, yeah. His uh, did you know he based his character in this movie on Mickey Rourke? I did. <laughs> yes. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I never knew that, and then I was reading about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's doing, like, a young Mickey Rourke thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, he's got a lot of the great lines. Well, his food, all his food. He just, he just plays, like, a dim-witted yeah. guy. So, yeah. so well. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, stupid little laugh. Yeah. Um, when are you two getting hitched? We're not, We're even, not even attracted, attracted to, to each, each other. other. <laughs> 
It's hard to talk about this movie without just like doing quotes. Yeah, yeah doing there's a quotes. lot of funny lines. Oh, I wanted to talk about Richard Jenkins too. I fucking love Richard Jenkins. He's the FBI agent who comes in to investigate the bank what, robbery. What? 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 Yeah, that's what, the best. What, what? <laughs> when he's getting so frustrated. What the hell's going on in this town? Huh? What? 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 Uh, when they're following uh, those two idiots and like novelty like license vanity, plate. vanity, vanity plate. plates, Duh. what kind of license plate you have? So, uh, what uh, what kind of license plate do you have? Duh. And I like how everybody chimes in in the co- yeah. in the truck. Oh, I also noticed your tracking shot. You always talk about in this movie. One minute and thirty four <laughs> seconds. Yeah, it's funny that that's in this. That's I wonder. A- I wonder if it was Nick Cage, because from what I read. This director, George Gallo, apparently he wouldn't direct anyone while they were making the movie. And Nicolas Cage, according to John Lovitz, had to end up directing a lot of the movie. Oh, All really? I'm saying is, is that so? I I was paying attention throughout the film, like how quick the cuts were, and I was like looking up like long cuts. And by no means is a minute and thirty four seconds considered like you know an incredibly but in a, long. But in a movie like this, where it's, it's like v- it says like Hitchcockian, like or I don't know, like. Uh, What's the touch evil? Uh, oh yeah, touch. Uh, that's uh, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Yeah, it's, like it's this- a very long tracking shot. Um, and what's interesting about the shot, though, is that um, what happens in it, where it follows a helicopter landing, them disembarking, like the the, the helicopter walking towards the school into the school, down the hall, down, I think, a flight of stairs, and into, into this... Into the gym or Into whatever. the gym, and then it follows it, like, to where they're actually, like... Yeah. It's it, actually kind of like a striking shot, like, it, which is, like... It's a good shot for the introduction of the FBI coming into town, right? Like, but And then it also is, ends with a Wes Anderson point on a map. Yeah, it does. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, so they've predated all that. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just an interesting, weird shot, like, out of nowhere. Well, that's why I say I wonder if it was Nicolas Cage who was like, we should do this, like, tracking shot. Or something. It's, a, it's, it's really well done. I don't want to. T- I don't want to take credit away from this uh, George Gallo because I don't know Let's what, give George what, how much he did. But. Well, we're not. I think this is a pretty positive episode. We're going to give everybody credit. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's. Oh, I want to. The line when at the beginning when Edna, their mom, is reading the fake letter from the. The guy in jail. Oh, and she starts crying. And she starts crying, and then it gets to the part. Yeah. You two bastards owe me. For what I did for you on the inside. Yeah. And it, well, let's, we should just listen to it. Can we do that? Yeah. I know being on parole, you're not supposed to leave the state, but you two bastards owe me for all the shit I've done for you. And if you don't do it, I promise I will somehow escape from this place, track you down like dogs, rip off your heads, and shit down your throats. All my love this holiday season, Vic Matsuchi. Bravo. Oh, come on. I gotta get out of this loony bin. How could you ignore a man like this? Nah, I'm sure he's the nicest killer on C-Block, but I really got to get to work. Look, has anybody seen my wallet? If your head wasn't screwed on. Fine. I'm leaving. Good evening. May I uh, assist you with your specials tonight? Just a Yes, waiter. Actually, I'm the uh, manager. Actually, I'm the maitre d'. Oh, yeah. Yeah, waiter. Um. This guy's got this, like, fucking big cell phone. 
<laughs> and the <laughs> what's in the boolea base? Actually, oh, it's, a, it's a combination of things. It's a combination of things. Uh, <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> Actually, I'm the maitre d. He must be making very little at that maitre d job, eh? With that car. Yeah, with that car. Holy I've, shit. <laughs> what, is he, what does he say? What's the worst I'm, car I've ever seen? Hey, Alvin. I heard the economy was in the shit house. I had no idea. Look at that abandoned car. It's <laughs> my car. That's my car. You know, like a lot of times in movies, somebody has some shit, you know, piece of shit car. This one might take the cake for all time. This is the shittiest. Yeah, this car. is the Adam. It's pretty shitty. This is the Adam Sandler piece of shit car that he was singing about. <laughs> it's so it's like completely rusted out. The tires are flat. The color there's like different tones on the different well, it's got like, a, panels yeah, and stuff. The hood is they, different. They know. replace things. Yeah. Yeah. Looks great. <laughs> Ring dings and milk? Sure. Get some <laughs> balloons. Go to the puppet show. What are you, four years old? <laughs> well, excuse me. <laughs> We're all not all restaurant tours like you, Bill. <laughs> John Lovett. Once again, just showing off how like amazing John Lovett is. As this like smarmy crook. Yeah. yeah. Well, he shows them the letter and just show, throws it out the window. <laughs> he throws it out the window. And he's like, I thought you might do that. <laughs> so I was um, the Edna in the car, too, with the two gangsters. Oh, when she gets kidnapped. It's just fantastic. She's got so many good lines. Calling them dumber than a box of hair. Yeah, it was great. And talking about like the day baby Jesus was born. Yeah. <laughs> Ma, what are you doing here? I've been kidnapped on the day baby Jesus is born. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't we don't get too much of the ser- like the the relationship. That's probably the part that works the least is that Nicholas. We're supposed to buy Nicholas Cage and uh, this Madchen Amick fall in love in like this day. Yeah, he like, stays in town. He's gonna move there. They yeah they make out and she. I don't know. I think I kind of always just forgave that part. Like yeah. it doesn't exist. <laughs> Like the the movie should have been, they it, so there's this other movie um, called We're No Angels that I love. Uh, it's a like, I don't know, 1950s Humphrey Bogart film, um, where these three cr- criminals escape prison and they end up doing a good deed over Christmas and you know kind of making amends. And I, I kind of saw this movie. I mean, I saw that movie after this movie, but. After seeing that movie, I kind of saw that if they cut out all that romance shit and they had it more like there's these three criminals who like get caught in purgatory, kind of. Right. Like almost and in a Groundhog Day situation yeah, yeah, yeah. where they can't escape and they have to like, you know, they learn to make they learn that what they did was wrong, make amends and like everything works out. It would be a better film. It would be a tight... Yeah, probably. Probably. It'd be tighter. It'd be tighter. But, you know, we've had this conversation before, like, oh, if they just cut the romance part out of this. But, uh, you know, that's one of those things that they are never going to do. Like, they're always going to try to have that angle. But it would be be a better movie. Probably. It makes no fucking sense. (laughs) Well, there's just not time enough for it to make sense. Because she's mad at them at first because she knows... That they robbed, like she figures that out pretty fi- fast. That they're the ones who robbed the bank. Yeah. Everyone else is like, just too nice to yeah. know. I was wondering uh, if she's from this background. You know, her dad's a criminal and stuff. Yeah, I, was yeah. Just, I wonder if you guys noticed this. So there's a scene uh, in which 
they flash, they don't, they don't flash, they cut back to the prison where um, the big yeah, mobster, guy. mobster guy is telling, he's like, somebody's like, tell us that story again about that, like, that, that bank job. Bank job. So sweet. And then uh, he tells a story, and then this old man comes up with a newspaper and he's like, or something he's like yeah hey, hey Vic hey Vic you remember that what's the name of that that bank that you You're I was talking, talking about, about. Yeah. he's like is it in paradise he's like yeah he's like yeah and then all of a sudden somebody is 80 yard in and he says doesn't your daughter work there oh really yeah like they added that it sounds that really angle. it sounds totally like weird yeah and all of a sudden somebody's just like is saying that it would have made way more sense if it wasn't his daughter yeah, because yeah. I don't think it's supposed to be his daughter originally. Maybe, originally, might have not been. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be just the fact that like he, he you know, he had this bank that he was going to rob. Well, in, in one was... way, it actually makes more sense that it is his daughter because that's why she's able to figure out that they're the robbers because she's not so naive and innocent like these people of this town. She has this dad who is a criminal, and she knows right away these guys are these guys are the fucking idiots. They could have, but they could have solved that problem by just not having by yeah, having yeah. her have been from anywhere yeah. else. She could have been from fucking Canada, and she would have figured this out. Like you know what I mean? Like this is like a town out of you know like a out of a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that she's just not from there, she would have been able to be like, oh, what the f- guys? Hey, what's up? Uh, I think mm-hmm. I think with it with her being the daughter tells her backstory like she she can wise up to what's going on and not actually have to say it. You just have that understanding because her dad's a criminal, so she knows. Yeah, yeah. she drives them to the bus and's like, I still think, yeah. it, get out of here. I still think it would have been a better movie if she was like had a past that wasn't the dad. Because it's never actually dealt with in any kind of way. Well, you think maybe it could have been at the end too. Like, there's like they have a little bit of interaction this? when they're things being are gonna work hostage. out. Yeah, yeah, things gonna work yeah. out with your dad. Uh, I don't know, but there's also no like after they get arrested and the when the SWAT guys come in, like then he says, okay, there's like that's also a eighty yard. I'm pretty sure he's like, okay, get these mobsters out of here back yeah. to their the back to their prison. So that we because like then we get the final scene with the Furpos being yeah. interrogated in this room with the town all there for some reason. You think those rat um, bastard brothers would rob that bank? <laughs> I guess they had a rep even on the inside as being little scum scumbags. Scumbags, yeah. Well, they were Dave, John Lovitz. It's like the shiftiest fuck, right? <laughs> and Elvin is like a kleptomaniac. He's not a psych. He's not a psychopath. He's not a sociopath. He, he I, I don't think he has anything. Like he's just, he's just his brother's toy. Like. He's his pet. Like he's he, his pet. he does what he and like his brother. Thinks. His heart grows like four sizes in this movie. <laughs> Alvin's? Elvin's. Yeah. Well, I, I don't get the impression ever that he was a heartless guy. He was just kind of going along with whatever Dave said, right? Because even at the end, he's like, "Some things never change, do they, Dave?" Right. And he, he pulls, pulls out, out the paydays. The yeah. yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he has the, the, the chocolate bar that somebody he they take from him, and he's got two more. Yeah. For some reason, I always thought it was really funny when. He takes that guy's hat, hat off, yeah. And puts it on John Lovitz, <laughs> and then the guy turns sleep. around, and then John Lovitz has to do that face or that that grin. Like, I laugh, hey. I laugh out loud every single time I, I see it. Can you picture anyone other than Nick Cage in the 
in the bill roll. No. Uh, that would, yeah, no. I don't know. I can't. He he does it so well. He's like, he does the exasperated thing pretty, yeah. pretty well in this. Um, but also the weird, like just the weird Nicolas Cage, like that. what you were just saying, that line about the, the puppet show. Like, yeah, he just, just how he, he talks. He has a delivery that no one else really has. You look at me with that who, who me, with the who me expression, expression on your face. face. And then John Lovitz is like, who? Me? What? Alvin, is it me? Alvin, is it me? <laughs> and, and I don't think that... Get in the car. Move! I think it actually might be perfect casting for every single person in this movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I... I I'm... I know I'm looking at this through, like, rose-colored glasses. <laughs> but, like, I don't think this m- movie could work better with any other people at this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Who who else? When did this come out? 94. One year before Nicolas Cage won the Best Actor Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, wow. So he's in his <laughs> prime. Well, he probably filmed this relatively the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, he apparently directed a lot of it, or at least according to John so Lovitz. But, and then John Lovitz also said that a lot of the lines they just like made up themselves. like Oh, improv day. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, this isn't the first time that we've watched a movie where an actor in the film has done a substantial amount of directing as well, right? We talked about Tombstone. Tombstone was probably the one that stands out the most. Same same director for those two movies. And his kid eclipsed him in two movies. Yeah. Well, let's not uh, take away Rambo 2 from... Well, actually, Stallone probably ended up directing that, too. Oh, God damn it. I hate Stallone. <laughs> Don't bring up Stallone. This is a good day. <laughs> this is a good day. <laughs> this is a good day. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I want to talk, a- talk about the bank robbery. Okay, yeah. When they rob the bank, I love this entire scene. Mm. From the moment they come in to the moment they like realize that they have to go across the street. I was texting James last night when we were watching it. Yeah. That that whole sequence is just it's just We're robbing amazing. the bank. Yeah. I they, need to get Mr. Anderson <laughs> over there. Yeah, his, so they, his New York accent isn't always totally yeah. convincing. Yeah, they, so they rob the so they go into the bank and then they find out that they actually need to get Mr. Anderson, who's the owner of the bank. Yeah, who's across the, the street having the lunch and he'll be 45 minutes so they go <laughs> he's like 45 minutes isn't too bad yeah. <laughs> what's gonna be back <laughs> yeah so they go across the street and I like when they walk across and uh, Bill's walking across Nic- Nicholas Cage's walking across the street and Elvin's sitting in the car like practicing what he's gonna say <laughs> to the cops yeah. when the cops like arrest him arrest him and like he uh, Bill like starts smacking the he kicks hood. It. Yeah, he yeah, kicks, he kicks the... it. Yeah, he kicks the hood of the like the front of the car, and he go, he comes out and they walk into the into the diner and he's like, oh, Scrabble, 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 yeah. I, I had no idea what Scrapple was until like five years ago when I had it. It's like a Pennsylvania thing. It tastes like shit. Oh really? Yeah, I, I had it. I don't think I've ever had. It. I had it in a taco. At, in a taco. Yeah, I had it in a taco at uh, what's that taco place in Vancouver? Taco Fino. Yeah. Do yeah. they? Uh, it, it's just like meat and like seasoning and like it's like bread. En- I think it's like ends or something. It's like ends of the hog. Okay. Huh. And it's but like you, made into a weird like sort of patty. Yeah, it was gross. 
So he gets that one guy to hold his gun while he <laughs> yeah. hands him a Can shotgun. Can you hold this a second? <laughs> and that's what I love too, though. Is it like this is a Christmas movie? So obviously the guy holds the gun for him, yeah. for him, because he's like. Well, there. It's also like yeah. there's supposed to be this small town where the people are, you know. Yeah, this is the only a Christmas movie is the only place where a town like this exists. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. And like John Lovitz is doing, uh, he's doing calisthenics with, with the people with in the, the people bank in, still. Yeah. yeah. This is really good in case you're ever in prison <laughs> and you're surrounded by 10 guys. Yeah. This will help you. <laughs> I mean, when he's across the street in the restaurant and it's so busy and he's trying to move through and he just can't get through and then he just loses it. He's like, well, yeah, he's like. You know, this is a robbery. And then she starts going to the till. Actually, that it, woman does a really good job yeah, in uh, her one little like, scene. Where there. are you going? I'm getting the money from She's the till. She's a little scared, yeah. I'm robbing the bank. You know, it's and the, the bank is across the street. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to get Mr. Anderson. Yeah, I'm here to get the keys. So then he's got to gotta bring everyone back with him. Yeah. yeah. And then meanwhile, that's when John Lovitz is like doing the breathing exercises and yeah, singing the songs. Yeah, where it's just like, can we listen to the song for a second? Yeah, that John Lovett sing teaches the the group. Oh, you can't get to heaven, huh? If you don't hold still, because if you move, you're gonna get killed. That's right. Feel better? I've seen this movie like fifty times, and it still kills me every time I see. it my favorite scenes. Um, Get yeah. over here, you fashion queen. <laughs> it ends up being pretty heartwarming, too, when they change their minds and, you know, when Alvin's like, put my shirt back. Put yeah. Back, put it back. Yeah. yeah. Right. So uh, we, they rob the bank and through a series of mistakes, they end up being kind of like adopted by this town for the night. And they all treat them so nicely. And and then they realize the money was like all the extra money from the town to put on this Christmas parade. Yeah, where you, you do definitely get a like, like a it's a wonderful life. Yeah. yeah. Like the money's in, in in Bill's house and it's in it's in right, Jamie. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I want to talk about the fact that the fucking criminals, the mob the mobsters escape. And, escape from and, prison. And yeah. kidnap the mom. Yeah. Yeah, that whole part in the car is one of my favorite parts. Don't of the movie. they? Uh, do they kill anyone when they escape? Does it say? It says something about they escape and injure. I don't mm. know. Yeah, I doubt I they remember. killed anyone because the movie just doesn't have that tone to it. No, but I don't know if the FBI anyone. agent also takes his gun out and shoots that tire out. Yeah, those two idiots Which, falling <laughs> along. When they, oh. It's not a procedure, I don't think. No, I don't <laughs> I think, think so. Richard Jenkins is just fucking Richard Jenkins. He's also he's also exasperated, but he's exasperated by the the small town uh, kind of I don't know idiots in the way of what he's trying to do. I'm I'm an, I'm an apologist for this movie, so like take every like obviously everything I say with a grain of salt, but every, I think he walks that line of like yeah, it's cheesy and it's corny and it's lame, but he's like. When he uh, he does the final interview with like the Furpo brothers mm-hmm. and the whole town like takes you know, their side, takes their side, mm-hmm. and he's like lets them go. He's like, I think that you guys got away with something really 
you, you got a second chance here. Yeah, don't, don't blow, blow it. it. He's like, get out of here. And everybody like, cheers. Like, he, Richard Jenkins is just an Oscar worthy actor, period. So, like, not his, obviously doesn't deserve an Oscar for this, but like, he can't be bad. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. But even the sentimentality of when they drop the money off at the church and then the, the priest gets it and then Sarah comes and she reads the note that they left the three wise men and stuff. Like, yeah. It all works for me. Yeah, it, oh, it and totally maybe, works. And it wouldn't if it wasn't Christmas, maybe. But Yeah, it's one of those... It's one of those one times where, like, you can just let your guard down and be like, sure, who cares? Like, why can't we just learn a good lesson? This movie is very much like, it does have a pretty heavy-handed lesson. Oh, sure. But it's like, you know. It's not subtle. There's nothing. There's know. nothing subtle about this film. <laughs> Nicolas Cage is in it. <laughs> Key! <laughs> You're telling me there's guns in this car? So oh my what, oh I think that's one of our God. favorites James and I's favorite lines Oh my Oh is that when he's at the bus stop When he pulls out that guy's gun no, And shoots it No it's before When they uh, They get out of the bank And Nicolas Cage just had This like little heart attack Right And he's like You're telling me And then uh, John Lovett's like What yeah. if I were to tell you Who's Fast Eddie That there might be guns right. in this car There's guns in the trunk But what does he, What does Nick Cage say At the bus stop When he pulls he's out He's like he, he said, Oh my god A uh, Gun. <laughs> yeah. It's like weird deliveries. And it's like, I don't know, like there's something so strange about it, but it's so just so Nick Cage that I remember like all these deliveries of these lines. So I don't know about James. I, I can't speak to what you think, but this is my introduction to Nicolas Cage. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, I would probably say this is my introduction too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know I saw him in other stuff before this, but like I saw Raising Arizona. And like, oh, I, I we didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't. There was a, he had a bunch of movies around this time. There was like Amos and Andy with Samuel L. Jackson and him. There was a bunch of stuff. Yeah, no, I never saw any of this. So this was like my introduction to him, and I was like, what, like twelve? When was Honeymoon in Vegas? Remember that movie? Oh, I do remember that movie. Remember the commercials? It was around this time too. Yeah. And there was like Red Rock there was, West. There's all those. Yeah, Red Rock West. Yeah, I saw all yeah. those movies. There's Honeymoon this time. in Vegas. That's 92. There's Kiss of Death, I remember. He's like a bad guy in that. There's 14 people who have seen Red Rock West. Guarding and, Tess, where and, he's the, the Secret Service guy. What I'm saying is that there's 14 people who have seen Red Rock West, and there's two of them are sitting in this room. It could happen to you, same year as this movie. You remember that? Where he gets a lottery ticket with uh, Bridget Fonda. I she's remember. a waitress. Yeah. And they split it. Do you remember? I remember the video cover so like vividly. The, the the cover of the uh, was him he's a cop yeah. or something like that mm-hmm. and like he's like holding the ticket in front of her I saw all these movies at this like when they came out so um so so I nineties couple at least early I'd 90s. seen him at least four or five movies before I saw I think him. that by the end of our journey through all the movies that we're gonna watch Nicolas Cage might end up being my favorite actor of all time <laughs> I mean I, he's such a, a weird actor right like. He's not necessarily the best, although I think he can be very good when he in the right parts in the right movies. Adaptation, um, but he's like, just such a memorable actor because his performances are always just well, he either weird or just and he can cross every genre. Yeah, he's been in every kind of movie. Yeah, horror. So a lot of people, mom and dad, I guess. A lot of people hate him. Well, Mandy's kind of a horrorish. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely in He's that. never done a straight horror movie. I mean, Mom even and the Wicker Man remake. <laughs> I think Mom and Dad would be his closest to a horror movie. Yeah, that's a horror. Yeah, 
I we, it's not like not I don't know yeah. slashery not slasher. Uh, you're more versed in horror movies. I don't know what I don't like. even know what you'd call that one, but yeah, I don't know. But anyway, let's let's rate this because let's rate this fucker. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> not that it's not going to go on the list though, right? No, no. So I'll I'll start. Uh, my reaction to this movie is a nine. <laughs> like it should be. No, I'm changing it. Hold on. Changing it to ten. Boom! It's a ten. <laughs> I love this movie. It's always going to be one of my favorite holiday movies, favorite Christmas movies. I changed um, mine to ten. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, it's up there. I Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is also one of my favorites, and Die Hard might be my favorite. But I think this one is truly goat. this one's truly my favorite. Like sentimentally, yeah. uh, I love this film. So overall, it gets a six point six. I mean, I only give it a seven, but like I don't, I don't love it as much as you guys. I, mean, I think it's my score. I, 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 I like it quite a bit, but yeah. But you guys, obviously, it's like that movie for you, it's like that Christmas thing for you. Yeah, and I think that there's what I what I hope is if if there's one person who listens to this and watches this movie because of it, it's just like give it a chance. <laughs> Because it it deserves more than it it's gotten. It's definitely a forgotten movie. I think, uh, yeah, not not too much chatter about it out there. No, and I I think there's one podcast I listened to actually. I, I can't remember what it was, and they had a guest on, and they were just like bullshitting. It was a bunch of comedians, and the one comedian was like, like Trapped in Paradise is his favorite Christmas movie, and he tells everybody about it, and no one will listen to him. <laughs> And no one will watch it. Well, first of all, most people have never even heard of it. Exactly. And I think that that's, I don't know why. I'd love to know like a deep dive into why like this movie kind of fell through the cracks. Because I think there's much shittier fucking movies out there that have gotten more love. Um, yeah, that was what, what I thought was funny reading some of the Rotten Tomatoes, the few reviews that were on there where they were just like, you know, shooting all over it because of the sentimental or they didn't think it was funny or whatever. But I was like, but you know, these are the same people who watch sappy, stupid, shitty Christmas movies every year and just aren't that hard on them. And for some reason we're decided to be super hard on this movie. <laughs> but, is it, they just expect more from Nicolas Cage and from, I don't know in 94, did they expect more from him? He wasn't, like I said, like, you know, he was in a bunch of stuff in that time, but he wasn't like a huge star yet. Like, yeah, it seems like a really was, weird movie to be like, no, I'm going to take a stand on this. Like, this is a bad movie. Um, I think there's a lot of heart behind this film. Um, I think that the intentions are really good. I think the performances are actually pretty funny. And if it's true, like, that they a lot of the performances were, like, ad-libbed and stuff, like, maybe that's why it works, because each person just brought their own, like what they do well yeah. to the table kind of thing. So. Dana Carvey's fucking hilarious in this movie. So okay. anyway, let's wrap this up next uh, episode. We're doing the year in review. Yeah. So next, uh, next week we'll do the year in review. That'll cap off, uh, 2018 for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, please like us, um, most importantly on, uh, on iTunes. That seems to be where everything really matters. Tell somebody about it. Um, Spotify and Instagram. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Seriously though, actually, yeah, thank you guys. Um, it's been pretty much a year of us doing this podcast. So 
That's crazy. We'll talk about it next week. Later.